You're tuned into tomorrow. Right here on the Advanced Media Network. Hey guys, it's Sue Cosner, your favorite sexual health expert, with another version of Ask the Pro. This month, I got a letter from Sandy in Seattle about an explosive bedroom secret she and her husband recently discovered. She writes, Dear Sue, my husband and I used to have a great life in the bedroom, but in the last few years, he has struggled. He's tried about everything, but nothing has worked. Then one day he came home and gave me a night I will never forget. He told me about this secret formula, Noxitril, that changed our life in the bedroom once and for all. Wow, Sandy, you beat me to it. I recommend Noxitril to every guy that struggles in the bedroom. It's the only one. Noxitril is all natural and works to increase blood flow fast. It's like that little blue pill on steroids. Noxitril has a special free bottle offer shipped discreetly to your door. To find out how to get your bottle of Noxitril, call 800-574-5007, 800-574-5007. Get your free bottle for a limited time. Call now, 800-574-5007, 800 Welcome into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. It's the Into Tomorrow show for the weekend of November 2020 of Friday the 13th. As if Chris and I suffering the Rona a couple of months ago wasn't enough Well, this past week, Tropical Storm Eta slammed us here in Miami. Lots of wind and rain. We got about three inches of water that flooded our control room, ruining a lot of gear and destroying the carpet and walls. We're busy cleaning up, and while we have um, fun with that, uh, please uh, delight in this best of program. We hope to be back to normal next week. Stay tuned. Lex in Benton, Louisiana, listens on 710 Keel, and we love you for it. Lex calling in using the free Into Tomorrow app. I have a question about the Alexa communicating with the Fire Stick and having speakers connected to the Alexa so that I can hear my television through the speakers to effectively make a sound bar just with the equipment that I have on hand without having to buy anything. Is that possible? Just a little help, if you don't mind. Yeah, we don't mind at all. We're glad to help, Lexi. You can do part of what you want to do, but not exactly what you're asking about. You can control Amazon's Fire TV with Amazon Alexa, at least to a good extent. And you may be able to reuse the speakers you have But you can't route your TV's audio to the Alexa. You may be able to connect your existing speakers directly to your TV, though, and use the Alexa to control the TV. The speakers will still do their jobs, even if they don't know about your Alexa even existing. But keep in mind that you'll probably need some extra equipment for your speakers to work anywhere near the way a soundbar would. So your sound will improve, if nothing else, just by virtue of it being louder. But don't expect it to sound like surround sound or anything like that. Yeah, No, you will, however, be able to use your existing gear and get something like what you are after. Uh, So that's the good news. You will just have to be kind of a little flexible, if you will, when it comes to your expectations about the end product. And if you have the latest Amazon Echo and Fire Stick, you should be able to connect them on the same Amazon account and network. Uh, once they're linked, open up the Alexa app on your smartphone, select the word devices at the top right, and then tap the plus symbol at the bottom right 
and click Setup Audio System. In other words, Home Cinema should appear and tap that as well. Then you can name your home setup and which devices you want to use, and then you should be able to enjoy your TV and movies with Alexa voice control without the need for a brand new soundbar. Ah, hopefully that will be extremely helpful. Check it out again if you're looking for the show notes because it was a little bit complicated there with some ideas we were giving you. They're available at intotomorrow.com. Uh, John in Lansing, Michigan, listens on AM 800 CKLW and joins us on Into Tomorrow. Hello, John. I have a Chromebook and a Lenovo laptop with Windows 10 upgrade. I've heard recommended that somebody, they want to do banking on Wi-Fi at home, that they should get a Chromebook and use it for nothing else. Now, I've seen a product for roughly 30 give or take a few dollars, called Extra PC without an E, X-T-R-A PC. And it uses Linux and it plugs into the port of your laptop. And I'm wondering... If I did that and used it only for my bank, would I be safe from malware or anything else that could be on the device I'm plugging the extra PC on? Well, John, extra PC seems to be a Linux live USB. Now, that means it's just a bootable version of Linux that you can run by simply plugging it into a USB port and having it boot and read from its own storage. Now, in terms of it being safe from malware, it probably would be relatively safe due to the very, very small user base, uh, making it unappealing to most of the people who would target a system. Having said that, 99% of attacks these days don't target computers. They target you. That can happen under any system. Browser vulnerabilities can make it onto Linux, too. And unlike Chromebooks, Linux machines won't necessarily be set up to update in the background automatically. Now, what we can say about Extra PC is that its makers market it with some pretty inflated claims, I think, mostly centered around how it will speed up your PC significantly. All of it reads as material that is itself meant to target less technical people, and a lot of it is probably very untrue. If you're interested in trying a live USB Linux distribution, you can find plenty of free ones online that you can install onto any USB flash drive that you may already have. Yeah, now, in terms of banking itself, if you want a safe option that you already own, you may be better served by a phone. Smartphones mostly have some sort of biometric recognition system. You'd likely use an app, which is harder to spoof than a website, and a non-rooted, non-jailbroken phone will sandbox apps, which makes them better isolated from malware. Yeah. John, do let us know what you try, though. Hopefully we've given you some good input. Uh, if you're driving, perhaps, or otherwise unavailable to, to make notes of what we said, have no fear. Visit intotomorrow.com, and then you'll hear your call, you'll see the information, and of course, our show notes. Uh, some Twitter employees may never return to their offices, even after the coronavirus restrictions lift. Is that because they're making more money on unemployment? No, that's because uh, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey told employees that they'd be allowed to work from home permanently. Uh, certain jobs that require physical presence, such as maintaining servers, will still require employees to come in. Um, in early March, Twitter's human resources head Jennifer Christie said that the company would probably never be the same in the structure of its work. She said, quote, people were reticent to work remotely, found a way that it really thrives. She said then that they didn't, that she didn't think they'd ever go back. Well, and there's a lot of people like that. We talked, I think, last week on the show about a friend of ours, Israel, that is able to work from home now. And his boss already said when they can come back to work, if he wants, he can still work three days a week from home. I don't know why that has any bearing that they'd still want them two days a week in the office. It's, it should be all or nothing. 
But okay, fine. And I said, so what would you do? He said, I'd work from home for three days and then go to the office only twice. Well, think of the overhead that companies can save because they don't need big office spaces if they only have a, a, a skeletal full-time in-office crew. True. And it's not just that company, of course. I think most every company is certainly shifting things in general and, and looking at how they can deal with employees who hopefully are going to come back to work. Yeah, well, a guest we've had on the show, in fact, somebody we've worked with closely for years on the show, uh, Freddie Laker, they've got the, the Chameleon Collective. They have no office. Yeah, and, and they never system. have. It wasn't just from the pandemic. Right. That's how they he set up his always company. worked remotely. Right. And he's got like 100 employees now. No one goes to an office because they don't have an office. Which is kind of cool. But that's how he set it up like two, three years ago when he started that. And and it just continued to grow from there. And, of course, there are many businesses that can do that. But if you're a warehouse worker, I don't think you're going to store all your company's products in your spare bedroom if you have one. That's not going to happen. So there are things, there are certainly some jobs, some office environments, too, that you physically will have to be there, I guess. I think I want to start working from home. All right. But my pay can't change. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> You're not going to be here in the studio. Then you'll have to take uh, the non-hazard pay. <laughs> right. Into Tomorrow occasionally takes an email. You know, we'd much rather hear you. It is radio, after all, and we just don't want to read emails all the time. But we do occasionally. For example, here's one from Rob. The other disadvantage to an email is we have no idea where he was writing from, how he listens to the show, or whether he loves us or not. But he did ask two questions. He says, what is the difference between a Wi-Fi booster and a Wi-Fi extender? Ah. Uh, what is a good Wi-Fi booster or extender? Garage is about 20 feet away from my hub. Thank you for any help you can give, and be safe. Oh, well, thank you, Rob. You be safe as well. Those terms are mostly used interchangeably, actually. They're both wireless range extenders. There could be a difference in that a Wi-Fi extender sometimes refers to a wired device that you plug into your wired network, if you have one, to extend your Wi-Fi to a place that wouldn't otherwise get it. But more often than not, they're meant to identify devices that will take a Wi-Fi network and somehow make it reach places it normally wouldn't. Booster is mainly a term for something that takes a wireless signal, boosts it, and repeats it. But there's no official definition that anyone's required to stick to, so don't worry. Yeah, now, as far as good boosters or extenders, uh, most of them are either difficult to set up or difficult to use. For example, some will force you to connect to a network once you start to lose your main one. That's luckily not always the case. But those that truly extend a single network and are just standalone repeaters sometimes have compatibility issues or are a lot of work to set up. Now, the exception are uh, mesh systems like the Eero, Google Wi-Fi, or Netgear's Orbi. All of these will be easy to set up and use, but they won't be as cheap as old style extenders. If your garage is only about 20 feet from your hub, you should get a usable signal in there unless there's an awful lot of metal in those walls. If you mean yards, then a good repeater will probably help and a mesh system will help make your setup easier and use more seamless. Yeah, uh, you kind of get the idea that they, while there might be interchangeable, there are some advantages, obviously, especially to the mesh system. A lot of folks go in there. They can also handle more devices 
these days because we're really overtaxing, all of us, our Wi-Fi networks. We might have had a computer and a phone, and now we've got so many other devices, including smart home devices and smart TVs and just all sorts of things, smart speakers, right? All things that are overtaxing. So absolutely try to improve your Wi-Fi whenever possible. More details for you and our notes at intotomorrow.com. This is an important announcement for anyone who wants health insurance, even if you miss the deadline. Right now, you can get the health insurance you and your family need from top insurance providers, even if you have pre-existing conditions or no insurance at all. The Plus Benefits Health Insurance toll-free number has been extended to help anyone who wants health insurance coverage now, or if you need a better plan or a lower price. Call Plus Benefits Health Insurance now at 800-332-1993. The call is 100% free and the help is real. Call 800-332-1993. That's 800-332-1993. Welcome back into tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. You may have heard that our control room in Miami was completely flooded by Tropical Storm Eta this week. Well, stay tuned. Hey, Dave and the team, I just wanted to congratulate you all for being on the air for 25 years. That's really amazing. Nobody stays on a job that long. <laughs> but anyway, we really love you here, and uh, thanks for the good work and keeping us informed. Well, thank you, Greg, in Tennessee. We appreciate those kind words, and we'd love to hear similar greeting from any of you. Whenever you have a moment, you can use the free Into Tomorrow app, the audio option. Send us a hello. When you do, though, tell us what you like or dislike about tech in the last 25 years. That can make for some fun radio, depending on what it is you have to say. Or you can call the following toll-free number that Chris is about to give you. 800-899-4686. That's 800-899-INTO. Matthew in Hartsdale, New York, listens online. Welcome into tomorrow, Matthew. I wanted to ask about the in-car entertainment systems that are out in the new 2020 cars, such as the Ford Sync 3 system and the GM IntelliLink and the Chevrolet MyLink system, if you could tell us the differences. Well, Matthew, we'll do our best. The IntelliLink and MyLink systems are the same, except for each using a different name. GMs and Chevys are the same cars with different badges, so I guess we should know to expect no better from infotainment systems from them, I guess. They both support Wi-Fi, though at a monthly cost, so you may be better off using your phone's hotspot instead. Apple CarPlay and Android Auto are other options. Newer models support Alexa and have a GM Marketplace, of course, that allows you to do things like order food or pay for gas right from your dashboard. All of those probably sound better on paper than in the real world, since you probably have to pull over to do those things, and phones are way easier and, for that matter, quicker to use. Yeah, Ford's uh, Ford Sync 3 also supports Wi-Fi, CarPlay, and Android Auto, and it's been an improvement since the previous version, which is what I have in my car, and it's not smart at all, <laughs> the Ford Sync 2. Oh. Um, it was regarded as notoriously bad and hard to use. Now, having said that, it's about to be replaced by Ford Sync 4. Can you means- update? 
No, no. Of uh, it, it'll cost about three three thousand dollars, I think, because I looked oh, into it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, now that's the main thing that you should know about these systems. There are they are second class citizens as far as car manufacturers are concerned, and you shouldn't expect them to be properly maintained. Um, you shouldn't even expect the updates to be free if they exist at all. Oh, there you go. Well, the reason we bring that up is that whatever you get will probably be good. For maybe a year or two, but will eventually feel like the touchscreen version of an 8-track tape, <laughs> which is, it sets you way back, right? Uh, and the manufacturer will probably not care and just leave it as is. Yeah, you should probably focus on the mechanics of the car more than the smarts um, if you plan on keeping it for more than three or four years. Whatever infotainment system the car has may or may not continue to be compatible with future versions of Apple CarPlay and Android Auto and will definitely lag behind phone software. So don't let it be the deciding factor unless you plan to keep your car only for a short term. Denise in Starkville, Mississippi, listens on Supertalk 97.3. How safe is the Venmo app? And what are your recommendations on Venmo or any other money apps? Well, Denise, the Venmo app is generally safe to use. It's owned by PayPal, so at least you know there's a big publicly traded company behind it that stands to lose a lot if there's a big security breach. You just search for their names on the app, select how much money you want to send or request, and do it. There's really not much to it. It's a very fast, free way of transferring money to others. Now, the app, the Venmo app, has a social media aspect to it. You get sort of a news feed listing transactions that your friends have made. It doesn't list personal info, but you'd be able to see who paid who, assuming that their privacy settings are set to public, which is unfortunately the default. Yeah, I don't Um, like that. But you can go to the settings and change the default to participants only, and then only you and the person on the other end of your transaction will see that in your feeds. Yeah, as for recommendations, they're all the same. Venmo, Cash App, I prefer that one for whatever reason, Zelle, Apple, and Google Pay. They're all basically the same and pretty much interchangeable. Just use whichever the people you want to exchange funds with are using. Alan in Ackerman, Mississippi, listens on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome. Has solid state drives come into being a reasonable cost compared to hard drives? Well, Alan, they sure are more reasonable than they used to be. Most 500-gigabyte SSDs won't crack $100 these days. Now, having said that, they're still far more expensive than hard disk drives. It's not hard to find a one terabyte HDD for about 40 bucks. You won't find that kind of price for a one terabyte SSD at all. Yeah, no, but having said that, most people are using less storage than they used to these days since their videos, music, and pictures have all left their computers. Um, so you may get a better return from buying a smaller but faster SSD than a larger and slower hard disk drive. Yes, it's more expensive. But at, to your point, if you're doing a lot of stuff in the cloud, storing things there and not on your machine, if you can get an SSD for what little storage you need and program launching and so forth, it's so much faster. Miro in Windsor, Ontario, listens on AM 800 CKLW. Hello there. Hi. I just bought an older vehicle that does not have Bluetooth. I was interested in getting an aftermarket 7-inch screen radio. I was just wondering what the big differences were between the uh, big names like Pioneer and Kenwood and some of the off-brands you find on Amazon. They seem to have more features because they're full Android radios as opposed to probably better music on the Kenwoods and Pioneers. 
Well, Mira, the main difference is that Pioneer and Kenwood have something to lose, so the quality is certainly more consistent. Generic radios can be terrible, and if needed, the manufacturer will just slap a new random label on them and keep pumping them out. Android car radios are all about the hardware, since the operating system is largely taken care of. We say largely because there may be some customization, but the basic functions should come from Android and should be at least somewhat consistent as a result. Yeah, now, in your search, you want to focus mainly on hardware reviews. Uh, how long did it last? Was the touchscreen hard to use? Uh, how responsive was it? Are all the buttons working? And the speakers that were plugged into it, are they still working? Um, if those things all look good, then the risk is probably relatively low, and the price difference might be large. Yeah, exactly. And this is one of those cases where we love to promote going to your local uh, 12-volt dealer. They're typically small businesses who specialize in exactly what you're looking for. Support the local small business, and they will support you. Yeah, and I would recommend going to Amazon, and that's where you can get a lot of great reviews, and then pick a few of your favorites, then go to your, your their local retailer, and then they can get that same radio for you. Yeah, very true. And many times you can bargain with them where you can't otherwise. Yeah, so you say, look, I can get this for this much on Amazon, but I'd rather get it from you and then develop a relationship with you. They'll appreciate it. Even if they can't match it exactly, it's still better to pay a couple of more dollars and get that local relationship. And plus, they'll be able to install it for you. Amazon won't come and install it for you. They won't? No. <laughs> Jeff Bezos, Bozo, won't come on his own and with a prime truck and all the tools? and Not no, likely. No. Not going to happen. So, But Miro, let us know what you end up doing because it's, it will help others as well. What radio did you finally select? And the other thing about local, local uh, small businesses, they've all got displays for you. So you can go in and you can touch and feel and hear. Granted, you know, you're hearing it through whatever set of speakers they're demoing it on. And usually you have an option to listen to different ones. Get as close as you can to your car. But the important thing you talk about the screen and the touch screen, you'll be able to play with all those. And if you have some input as well for him, you can join us at 800-899-INTO, even better, the audio option on the free Into Tomorrow app. Hi, I'm Joan London. If you're worried about your parent or loved one living alone, like I was, and you want reliable senior care information, then call a place for mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. Finding an apartment that was on the courtyard with the view of the trees, the view of the ducks, the stream, the creek, all of that, that was what I needed. You'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. Here's the number. To speak with a local senior living advisor, call a place for mom at 800-806-3752. That's 800-806-3752. A place for mom is a free service, and you can trust them to help you. So if you're struggling to find reliable senior living information, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. To speak with a local senior living advisor, call A Place for Mom at 800-806-3752. That's 800-806-3752. Welcome back into tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline, now in our 25th year on the air covering the latest in consumer tech, all sorts of cool things available today 
and tomorrow. Our next guest provides video infrastructure for digital media companies around the world. And you think, well, how's that going to help me as a consumer? Well, we're going to ask him just that. He's the CEO of Bitmovin. His name is Stefan Letterer. Stefan, welcome into tomorrow. How are you, sir? Hi, Dave. Thanks a lot for having me. I'm busy. It's a, it's an interesting time when it comes to, to video consumption. And that's yeah, it keeps us busy quite a lot at the moment. I would think that's the case because in these unprecedented times, this whole disruption of all of our lives seems to be certainly driving audiences, I guess, to seek comfort, especially at home and on-demand entertainment options. These are the kinds of things that I'm assuming Bitmovin is involved in with the future of video streaming. Pretty much, pretty much. Um, we provide... Um, software components to enable those streaming um, properties and um, we help companies to better compress videos so that you um, can deliver a higher quality and more volume. I mean, you probably heard about the bandwidth um, consumption of, of video, especially right now as everybody is watching it. Um, we also have players, we also have um, performance um monitoring solutions for those companies and yeah we we power the biggest like media properties out there in the u.s um, as well as internationally and um it's across the board it's news it's entertainment um of course less sport at the moment but not only media it's crazy how many different parts of our lives are currently switching over to um, online video as a, as a way to connect with, with their audience or customers. And that yeah brings a lot of new interesting use cases to the table as well. Well, and of course, Stefan, you mentioned uh, bandwidth issues. Of course, we've, we've talked about that uh, considerably here on the program. And, and a lot of companies seem to be uh, providing their content in lower resolution to help save some of that bandwidth. Has that been your experience as well? And how does that affect customers overall, other than not the best quality, perhaps? <laughs> that's that's pretty much the, the rest of it. Um, it's a, it's a okay short-term solution to reduce the, the, the quality in terms of resolution or the bitrate or bandwidth of, of the video mm-hmm. um, and um, that's that's probably yeah okay for the short term but there are newer compression standards and algorithms out there and um, it caught a few um, streaming services and, and, and providers off guard um, now by not leveraging those things already there are a ton of like sanitization activities ongoing. There's new compression standards called um, HEVC or VP9 or AV1. Um, they're great technologies, and some companies already go ahead with that, um, but some don't. So I think that's a um, forcing fun- function for a lot of those media companies to like really um, invest in technology and take the step to the next generation of the available compression standards um, that are out there. 
Well, uh, you mentioned some a couple of the new technologies that you think might have, I, I'm assuming, some pretty good impact on streaming. But what are those things that, that you kind of tossed out at us there, just so yeah, from a consumer sure. standpoint, so we get a better idea if we see something, maybe that's a good thing? Yeah. So there are new delivery standards. One of them is called HEVC. Um, it's a relatively new standard that's um, about... 50% more effective as the, the previous ones. Um, and every time you see, for example, a 4K video, every time you see a video that's streamed in HDR or with HDR formats like Dolby Vision, for example, um, on your TV, then you know that that's already like those new, more advanced um, encoding um, formats. Okay. And um, it's simply necessary. And um, that's an easy way for the consumer to see, like, hey, the streaming provider I'm using is streaming in 4K, and therefore they're using this um, new standards. And by that, they're also reducing the, the bandwidth requirements by up to 50%. So I'm assuming then that that helps uh, with less if or no buffering, those kinds of things that we've all experienced at one point or another, sometimes more than others, of course. Uh, but that seems to be an issue, especially if you're in the middle of a movie or a show of any sort, and it pauses and you get more buffering, buffering, buffering. But <laughs> It's like, for crying out loud, load it and let me play it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, the, the problem is the Internet is, is very unmanaged compared to a cable um, network or a satellite broadcast um, feed. Mm. Um, so basically a lot of things can go wrong. Like your, your kids can watch something on their tablet that's directly like impacting your, your streaming performance. So there are technologies out there called um, adaptive bitrate streaming, um, we, um, the, the co-founding team of, of my company, Bitmovin, co-created one of those standards, um, which is open and free. And um, that's basically adjusting your video quality seamlessly to the current bandwidth situation. So even if your kids are watching a video on YouTube, your um, movie is still streaming. It's just adjusting to the maximum throughput that's currently available. So it's a more intelligent way of picking the quality so that you don't experience buffering. You get a temporary lower quality, but at least it's not buffering and you're not getting annoyed by that. Um, and that's one of those technologies that help consumers um, to get a better experience um, with the streaming service. So to give us uh, maybe a, a, another example of that, is this similar to the technology uh, that prioritized phone calls as VOIP became more and more prevalent, is it, where it, it then can take a phone call and say, that's got priority because it's voice, give it priority? Is that sort of a, a good maybe example it, of what this does? It's even one step above that. Um, it basically maintains a good quality for all of the phone calls, if you want to compare it to that. Mm -hmm. um, if you're the only one at a certain like tower or network, you get the best possible quality. But if there are many in this network, everybody gets the best possible aggregated quality, yeah. um, and it still works. And that's the beauty of the, the scalable approach that, 
even now we see like four times the data traffic on the internet and it's still not breaking because systems are smart enough to load balance and adjust to the given bandwidth situation. So that's really, really great to see from a technology perspective how streaming systems and how the internet is actually adjusting and regulating to the load that's currently um, existing on the networks. What do you see, Stefan, that consumers are demanding most from streaming services? What are you hearing in terms of how you got to keep working on these things? What, what might that be? It's definitely quality on as many devices as possible. So you want to watch the best quality with as many devices as possible and also with the newest features available. If you get the new um, smart TV and it supports like um, HDR and 4K, you want to leverage those features. And um, there's so much content out there nowadays that, I mean, you're going to the service that leverages those features and gives you a better experience um, because there's such a like humongous um, selection of content out there that you pick just the best-looking one on your device that, that works also on your device. So for service providers, it's important, first and foremost, to be on as many devices as possible, on the Samsungs, on the LGs, on the Panasonics, whatever brand it is, you kind of you have to be on it. No consumer is going to buy an extra device to um, connect to, to the smart TV just to watch a particular app because there are so many streaming services out there nowadays. Good point. How do you think the new technologies, especially some of the things you mentioned, uh, and even for that matter, 5G, how is that going to impact streaming? I think it's a, it's a little bit of a catch-up game um, to the consumer electronic industry. When we see more devices with more features um, and with more technologies available to provide a great entertainment um, experience. And um, I think for us as technology providers, but even more for the content providers, it's like, wow, we just like migrated our studios to um, HD and now we're 4K. We're in the middle of the migration to 4K and yeah. to shoot things in HDR. And now you suddenly have like 8K around the corner. Yeah. And so it, it's moving faster and faster. Technology changes that took like multiple years in, in the past uh, are like, like happening in much shorter time period. The shift from a CD to a DVD to a Blu-ray took like five to ten years each. And now those steps are happening in, in much shorter times. And I think, yeah. We have to produce the content as well for it, and that's um, a bigger effort than, 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 you, than you might expect. Do, do you see, Stefan, uh, as we head further into tomorrow, that uh, we're using maybe 5G on our phones and, and casting it to our television because we're getting uh, faster bit rates and better responsiveness? Do you, do you see that as being uh, a possible solution, too, for folks that don't otherwise have a, a fast Internet at home? Absolutely. Uh-huh. I mean, we see it right now with, like, you see so many businesses switching to to um, video as an alternative. We have 
fitness studios switching to online. We have um, dancing studios doing online classes. We have churches and communities um, switching to streaming to, to connect with their audience. And they do that like in areas that are not well connected and they do it from remote places. So I think 5G is going to enable a lot of those um, people to leverage those technologies, which they are not able to do today. I mean, the reality is still that the bandwidth situations in, in, in a lot of, in, in, in many parts of the country are not, high enough to enable those use cases in a like adequate quality and 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 um i think here 5g is going to be a game changer um for a lot of those um underserved use cases and parts of the country wow let's hope so that certainly will make a huge difference lots more to talk about i see we need to get you back on the show again soon but in the meantime <laughs> we want to let our audience know to visit bitmovin.com and we'll link you there of course when you visit us at intotomorrow.com uh, stefan letterer the ceo of bitmovin thanks for spending a few minutes with us thank you for having me dave it's my pleasure again bitmovin m-o-v-i-n.com and of course into tomorrow.com will get you there. I'm Dave Graveline. We continue bringing you further into tomorrow right here on the Advanced Media Network. Stay tuned. Are you from California, Illinois, New York, Georgia, or any of the other 39 states that charge state income tax? Does your state claim you owe them any amount of back taxes? Or have you not filed in years? Is your heart pounding because you know they're wrong or you just don't have the money? Don't fight the state income tax board alone. The tax doctor is here to help you. The state is much more aggressive than the IRS in collecting taxes. They have the power to take your home, your car, your driver's and business licenses, even garnish your wages, freeze your bank accounts, and go after your spouse. Solve all your income tax problems permanently and keep more of your hard-earned money. Make this 100% guaranteed risk-free call right now. 800-281-7048-800-281-7048-800-281-7048. That's 800-281-7048. It's Friday the 13th of November, and this is the Into Tomorrow broadcast. I'm Dave Graveline. We thought we were past all the drama once Chris and I recovered from the COVID, but then again, this is 2020. Tropical Storm Eta completely flooded our network control room here in Miami, ruining a lot of gear and saturating the carpets and walls and furniture. So please enjoy this best of broadcast as we continue our cleanup. Allison in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, listens on Talk 107.3 WBRP. Hello, Allison. What information is on the computer chips in our credit cards besides credit information? 
Ooh, that's actually a good question. I haven't heard that one in a while. Allison, the chips and credit cards, EMV chips, contain the information required just to authorize the transaction. Now, what that means is it varies depending on whether it's a debit or a credit account. But it's basically an account information, account number, maybe a routing number, that kind of data, and a dynamic security token. That extra token aside, the information is what you would find in the magnetic strip on the older cards, right? And it doesn't include information about you as the owner. And if you're interested in the low-level details of how the chips work, the standard they follow is ISO 8583. And you can find details about how that standard manages authentication. EMV chips just add some level of encryption over the magnetic strip. But keep in mind that the U.S. is pretty far behind the rest of the world in these technologies, and this is relatively old technology that is quickly losing ground to more heavily encrypted contactless technology. I know that's pretty sad when what we think of the chips on the car is relatively new, it's relatively old. Yeah, well, we were in Japan. <laughs> 15 years ago, and they were already paying yeah. with things with their phone, by touch, touching their phone to a screen. Yeah, and the first time we saw that in Japan, we're thinking, what are they doing? How do they do that? And it took how many years before we saw it in the U.S.? That's a shame, because we should be prouder of our technology and utilizing it more. Rebecca in Mississippi listens on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome into tomorrow, Rebecca. I love listening to your show. I have a lot of questions, but it seems when I listen to the show, they answer a lot of them. So I love to listen to it because my husband doesn't answer the questions for me clearly enough, and you all do. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you, Rebecca. Your husband doesn't answer the questions sufficiently, but we do. I, I take that to mean she might love us only slightly more than her husband. For Maybe. tech questions, at least. So I hope your husband's not listening with you because we don't want to cause any friction. Well, but that's, well, thank you, Rebecca. That's very nice. And I'm glad that we somehow managed to answer questions that you have that you didn't even have time to call in and ask. But don't hesitate to call anytime you've got a tech question. Maybe you want to help another listener. You've got some additional input. Whatever the case, we want to hear from you. And it's easy, toll-free from anywhere in North America. 800-899-4686. That's 800-899-INTO. Or even gooder, use the free Into Tomorrow app and hit the message to studio button. Ooh, intotomorrow.com. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go and pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-419-2335. 800-419-2335. 800-419-2335. That's 800-419-2335. Another Into Tomorrow fun tech fact for you. There are two AI chatbots created by Facebook to talk to each other, but they were shut down after they started communicating in a language 
they made for themselves. Do 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 be very afraid. Be very afraid. But that's a tech fun fact. I don't know that it's a fun fact. That's a scary fact. And but, remember, this is Facebook where you're putting yeah, your entire life on. Exactly. So think about that. And remember, with Facebook, you are the product. You know, it's not the stuff that they sell. Yeah, they make a gazillion dollars, but you are the product because they sell your information. You know who doesn't sell your information? Who doesn't, in all these 25 years on the air, even release your email address to anyone? Us. Into Tomorrow, you want to sign up for the free Into Tomorrow Tech newsletter. It goes out once a week, easy to unsubscribe, not that you would ever want to, but it's just a click if you so desire. And you can sign up at intotomorrow.com. You'll see the red box. Put your email address in there. And it's that easy. And then watch for the subsequent email. It's a double opt-in program because we don't spam anyone. So, like, your friend can't just put your email address and say, ha-ha, they're now going to get it. And you get an email that says, click here to confirm. And voila, you get our tech newsletter. Again, at intotomorrow.com. Bringing you the latest in consumer electronics and technology, this has been Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline. To participate with Dave and his tech geniuses and win prizes anytime, 24-7, use our free Into Tomorrow app for your iPhone, Android, and Netbooks. Available in your app store or call 1-800-899-INTO. That's 1-800-899-4686. Be sure to visit our website anytime to read our show notes and watch our ITTV videos at intotomorrow.com. And join us next week as we bring you further Into Tomorrow. Into Tomorrow.